Hi, everybody. It's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com, and today we are being graced with Ariel Murray. Um, Ari, yes, sorry, I just said it wrong again. I'm so sorry. Um, Ariel Murray. Um, Ariel is a fantastic nutrition coach. Um, she's kind of in the CrossFit sphere, but we are going to talk today about the foundation or principles of nutrition um, and how they can apply to us being healthier um, and then possibly even our fat loss goals. So welcome. Um, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Kyra. I really appreciate you having me on. Nutrition is a, a huge part of my life, um, not only, you know, coaching wise, but also uh, just in general, you know, nutrition is a lifelong journey that all of us have to make decisions on whether we are doing it uh, subconsciously or we're putting a lot of effort into it. Um, so I think anyone can benefit from improving their nutrition. And I initially got into, so I'm a CrossFit coach and a nutrition coach, obviously. And I uh, got, I've been coaching for about four years total now. I uh, was introduced to CrossFit. My husband introduced it to me in um, 2011. So I've been in the CrossFit world for about nine years, 10 years going on. And uh, fell in love with it. I've been an athlete most of my life, um, and I was just missing that piece after I, I graduated. Um, so I got into CrossFit, coached for a few years, took a break after we uh, moved away. And then when I came back to Tampa, I uh, got in contact with um, Ben Bunn. He's the owner of um, Cigar City CrossFit and started coaching there and just realized the – well, backtracking a little bit. So I I – was diagnosed with celiac disease in high school, which is what initially um, sparked my interest in nutrition because I realized my body was severely damaged. I needed to, um, in this case, restrict foods and follow uh, a medical nutrition protocol because um, my body was pretty damaged. Um, I had a lot of uh, weird symptoms, and it took me about a year to cut out um, gluten in this case and see the healing effects. So after realizing that and learning that everybody's body is different and we all have different goals, um, but we all have the same health factors and um, knowing like taking these simple steps and making it as simple as possible is uh, really important so we don't overload ourselves. But I've tried pretty much every diet you can think of, um, being in competitive weightlifting and CrossFit, I had to be very strategic on the quality of food and the quantity of food and making sure I was fueled properly enough to get the most out of my training um, while also you know, making sure I was making healthy choices. And after doing competitive weightlifting for a while, competing in a, a lighter weight class for my height and then moving up um, into a heavier weight class, I've had multiple different goals and have had to adjust and change how I go about my nutrition. And um, right now I'm kind of just focusing on health and wellness as a whole. And it's it's cool because I, I come in contact with a, a lot of different uh, walks of life uh, when it comes to my clients. And I'm able to use my personal experience in helping them achieve their goals and, and adjusting based on what, what they need. Um, and it's, it's like I said, it's just, it's a nutrition is a lifelong journey and it's can be extremely overwhelming. And there's a thousand different diets and protocols that we can take. And um, I, like I said, try to make it as simple as possible as I can for my clients and, use the foundations of nutrition to uh, build over time because it's you you want to find something that you can sustain and while it may change and adjust based on your goals and your lifestyle um, that's totally fine but having the foundational habits is what's going to keep you consistent long term so foundational habits that's really where I want to start diving into. So the whole reason that I was, you know, 
thought in my head, like, I want to um, interview you was because, so I have been following Arielle for a while. Um, we have some mutual friends. I've got friends that work with her, and I know that she's a found fantastic nutrition coach, but she posted something on her Instagram story, um, which, by the way, what is your Instagram handle so that way people can follow you? Yeah, it's uh, Arielle Nicolette. All right, you guys. If you want to spell it, do you want to spell it out so that we? Yeah, yeah. So it's a a r. Yeah, it's a a r i e l l e underscore underscore n i c o l e t t e. And I'll put it in the show notes too, guys. Um. So she posted something on her Instagram that just said basically that the basics and the foundations of nutrition, like the basics, work. And it's really, like, not glamorous. And, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, I want to try this or maybe I'll try that supplement to try to make all of this magic happen. But really, the magic is in the foundation. It's in the basics. Um, so what do you think that some of the foundational principles of nutrition are as a whole? So quality quality food is the most important. And like you said, the the foundation and the basics aren't they're not sexy they're not usually fun you know as humans i think we gravitate towards trying to make things uh complicated and because it's cool and it's neat um to tell people we're we're doing you know intermittent fasting or we're doing keto or doing this or doing that and those are and i'm sure we'll get into it those are tools that we can use but they're not going to stick forever so focusing on uh Quality foods. Are you getting in um, balanced meals throughout the day? Are you eating every few hours to keep your body fueled? Getting in, you know, vegetables and protein are going to solve 90% of your problems, um, as well as water intake. And looking at uh, your health as a whole and not just the number on the scale, um, which is a, a, in a main goal that most people have is having a specific number and they put all their eggs in one, that one basket and they focus on that number without looking at um, your sleeping habits, your water intake, your stress levels, your community, um, all of those things play into factor and they affect your body weight and they affect your strength and how you're performing in the gym. If that's something that you're, you're focused on. So I think fueling your body with, quality food and learning to listen to how your body responds um, and giving it what it needs. You know, your body shows up for you every single day and it keeps your heart pumping. It keeps your brain working. Um, but if we're not fueling it properly and giving it the, the nutrients it needs um, and focusing on all the other aspects that play into factor, um, we may not see the, the results or we may be overlooking results if we're only focused on one specific thing. So long story short, uh, quality, you know, vegetables, eating as much whole foods as you can, veggies, protein, fruits, whole grains, um, uh, low processed slash no processed um, carbohydrates, you know, focusing on one ingredient foods and if we're able to achieve that most of the time, if most of our meals look like that, and if most of our food choices and decisions throughout the day look like that, then over time we will see progress. Um, but consistency is is also what what matters, you know. And a lot of people try one thing for a very short amount of time, they don't see progress, and they move on. And that's part of being a human, you know. We want instant gratification, but Sticking to these habits and making them second nature, uh, it takes time and effort, and it's a little bit uncomfortable to to change your lifestyle because it's cliche, but that's what we're doing. You're fundamentally changing the way that you view food and that you view movement and that you view all these other things that we do throughout the day. Um, but if we're able to look at them at a, an, a, a different light, then you will see progress. And we may need some adjustments along the way, but uh, if we're able to practice those simple habits, then over time we'll we'll get there. So let's say you're working with somebody that's brand new to working on their nutrition, working with you. Um, what are one or two of the very first things that you look at? 
for overall health and wellness? So I always like to uh, look at where we're starting. So change is very difficult, and most people have been practicing their current habits, most likely unhealthy habits, for an extended amount of time. So I like to start very small, um, probably way too easy, but that's where we want to start because I want you to feel confident in the changes that we're making along the way. So I always look at adding in versus taking away. So if um, you're not you're getting in veggies, that's uh, the main thing that I focus on. Micronutrients are huge. They fill us up. They uh, give us vitamins and minerals and they keep us feeling full throughout the day. So if you're not getting in veggies with each meal or three to five fistfuls of veggies throughout the whole day, then that's what I like to start with. And if three to five fistfuls sounds scary, then start with one. Start with one. And if you're able to to hit that every single day um, throughout the week, then the next week add in two fistfuls of veggies. So we get those throughout the week. Um, If you are getting in veggies, um, then I like to start with a certain number of meals and snacks throughout the day. So we're creating a routine and three to four meals a day and one to two snacks is generally where I start. And the plate method is huge. Plate method or the hand method, they're um, kind of interchangeable. So the plate method is if you have your plate, half your plate is going to be non-starchy carbs or veggies. So we want to fill it with colorful vegetables. And then a quarter of our plate is going to be a starchy carb. So that can be um, brown rice, quinoa, sweet potatoes, butternut squash, whole foods. You know, carbs are not bad. Our body uses carbs as fuel. And then a, the other quarter of your plate is going to be a protein. So we can do um, you know, chicken breast, turkey breast, uh, ground, whatever you prefer, um, beef as well. So Greek yogurt, we can do something like that. And then if we have a lean protein source, then we can add in one to two thumbs of fat on the side. If our fat source um, has fat in it, then we don't necessarily need to add it in. Um, but that's a great, it's the simplest way to start getting in all the uh, macronutrients, so protein, fats, and carbs, um, and then veggies. Veggies are carbohydrates, um, but I like to have a, a non-volume or a volume carb. I use that word a lot because um, they are carbohydrates, but they don't give us a ton of calories, but they do give us a ton of micronutrients. So, to wrap that up, um, what can you add in versus taking away? And then looking at your meals. Are you getting in three to four meals a day, one to two snacks, and using um, the plate method or the hand method to, to keep it balanced? I love that concept of, of what can I add rather than taking away because I find that with so many people, when they try and restrict so much, that can only last so long. And I feel like it's very mentally difficult to constantly be in a state of restriction. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you're kind of combating that by adding rather than taking. Yeah, it's very interesting too. The, the, how the, you know, brain works when we tell ourselves we can't have something or we're not going to have something, we usually want it. So by not even making that a thing and telling yourself, I'm going to, add something in versus taking away or not having something for a while, it it's more beneficial. You know, restricting stuff may work short term, but it's not going to it's not going to work long term. I actually every day of my life, I I love dessert, like absolutely (laughs) like love dessert. Yep. And so every day, you know, I, it's time to eat dinner. And if I just said, okay, well, I'm one, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I would probably eat cinnamon toast crunch, but (laughs) instead, um, you know, last night I had pork and butternut squash and Brussels sprouts and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then after, because it's like, okay, you have to add those things. Mm -hmm. And then I had, you know, my chocolate after. So it's like, if you're full, you know, from eating all of the things that you're adding in, then you're like, oh, I can, I don't need to have, you know, a whole bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. I can be okay with just this piece of chocolate and you feel good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause you're still, you know, I'm, I'm all about balance as well and finding something that finding a plan that you're able to, to stick to and 
if you want, you know, I have a, I keep a chocolate bar, like a um, dark chocolate bar in the pantry and I have a little square after, after dinner because I'm the same way. You know, I like something sweet, you know, sweet is tasty. Um, but I, I have my meal first and I fill up on those whole foods and I drink water and then I wait and then I'm able to, you know, enjoy, enjoy a treat afterwards because it gives, mentally to keep to keep you on track and motivated restricting the things that you love just find a different alternative or maybe you know you like like you said make it a smaller portion um but always fill up on on the good stuff first and then if you you know assess and you're you still want something afterwards then go for it so um let's actually talk a little bit about if there's any kind of different approaches that you would take with a person that comes to you saying like, hey, you know, I want to work on my health and wellness versus a person that comes to you that's, you know, desperately trying to lose fat? So I take the same protocol um, and I always assess where you currently are. What is your regimen right now? Do you do any type of meal planning or do you just uh, eat as you go throughout the day? Um, setting realistic goals based on current biometrics and um, you know, measurements and your lifestyle and then creating a plan. So this is where the um, it would be a little bit different as we went through it. So, like I said, I always focus on quality, quality food and then quantity later down the road if uh, we need to. Normally. I. I have a, you know, each of my clients has a a different plan. Some of them do track every day. They track their macros um, just because they, A, they either like it and they enjoy sitting down and knowing exactly what they're eating throughout the day. It doesn't really feel like a chore. Um, And then I also have, uh, I coach athletes as well. So that compete in certain body weights. So in that sense, we need to be able to know where you're at if you have a meet coming up. Um, but then I have other clients that are losing fat and they're not tracking. So it's not necessarily something that you have to do. Um, but sometimes just focusing on going back what I said before, using a certain number of meals per day and making your your plates look a certain way that can result in fat loss. Um, so it doesn't need to be this huge, you know, um, exact meal plan. You have to eat this. You need to eat this and this in order to lose fat, um, but focusing on quality foods. And once you're able to stay consistent in eating quality foods, then if we need to, if we're not seeing um, weight loss, then we may focus on um, getting the quantity a little bit um, dialed in and then assessing other factors. So I mentioned that, but sleep, stress, movement, water intake, those all play into factor as well. So if we're not seeing weight loss and we've checked the box for quality, we've checked the box for quantity then maybe let's assess the other things that are going on in your life because stress and sleep are huge. They they play a, a very large factor in your cortisol levels and how your body's responding to movement um, and your hormone levels. So using that also, um, it's not just about the food. It's everything. It's everything else. So I feel like you kind of have a little bit of like a hierarchy. Um which, I mean, I kind of do too. Like, okay, we're going to focus on this and we're, then we're going to focus on that. You know, if, if that's not working or okay, like, okay, we've checked this box. Now we can kind of maybe move on to the next thing. But where do you feel like, so one thing that you haven't mentioned is just like activity, um, working out, whatever that may look like for each individual. Um, cause not everybody does weightlifting, not everybody does CrossFit, but where does that kind of fit into that for you? Yeah, so I, I mean, daily movement, we know it's super important. Raising your heart rate uh, has multiple benefits, you know, and everyone can benefit from some type of movement, whether it's um, walking. You know, when I go through my uh, assessment and we evaluate what your current lifestyle is, uh, movement is a big piece. And you can improve your nutrition, improve your health and meet your, you know, lose fat um, without necessarily changing, you know, your activity level. And that 
it layers in because um, I, I, you know, I like I said, I like to start small and not put a bunch of things on your plate, um, pun intended. Um, but with so if I, you know, meet with a client, and I tell them, OK, we're going to track macros every single day um, for the next month. I also want you to get in four workouts a week. I also want you to get in 100 ounces of water a day. That's a lot. That's a lot to focus on. And most likely, you know, it'll you'll be motivated, you'll be ready and life will hit you and something will happen. You won't be able to to get in all of those things. So movement is extremely important. Um, If someone comes to me and they have more of a sedentary lifestyle, they work from home, they don't maybe they get in one or two workouts a week. um, Then we we add in daily activity. So let's get. 5,000 steps a day. If 5,000 steps is easy, maybe let you for 10,000 steps. 10,000 steps is like my, the gold standard. If you're able to get 10,000 steps a day, um, then you're, you're on point. Um, and then if we're not seeing results, um, in all areas. So I, I focus on, um, different ways to track progress. So the body weight isn't the only way. Um, the skill doesn't tell the whole story. It does give us information, um, but use progress pictures, use measurements, use uh, your mood, use internal um, factors as well. Your mood, your sleep, um, your your hunger levels. Are you more in tune with how you're feeling? Are you, uh, you know, that midday crash, is that still there? So those are, the, that is progress as well. Um, if we're not seeing progress, then let's add in, some daily activity and get the heart rate up a little bit. Um, we'll start with one workout a week, two workouts a week. So again, it's a slow, gradual process and find activity that you love doing, that you enjoy doing. It doesn't have to be one specific thing. Um, you know, try Zumba, go paddleboarding, go kayaking. I'm in Florida, so we're talking about all the Florida activities, <laughs> but find something that you enjoy doing. It doesn't have to be one specific thing, um, but getting an activity is going to help you, you know, when 30, 40, 50 years from now, when you want to pick up your grandkids or, you know, go on a bike ride with your significant other or some friends, you'll be able to do that. And there's a lot of older individuals that aren't able to do that because they've just spent years and years of, um, you know, eating processed foods, not moving their bodies and it adds up over time and it it can be reversed um, little by little and it, it takes a lot of time and effort. But, um, yeah, movement, movement is huge. So getting in that daily movement, raising the heart rate, sweating a little bit is, is always good. So going back to nutrition, um, what do you find are like some of the common issues that people have, like um, like in, in terms of their decisions? Um, because like we look, we go to the grocery store and like we have all of these, you know, with like different, they say different things that like make us think that they're healthy. Like it might say like, oh, it's all natural, but it's like, it's still high fructose corn syrup. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the like, and not even necessarily by the fault of the individual, but what do you feel like some of the worst choices you see people making are? Yeah. So snacks are usually the culprit. Um, bars or, you know, like trail mix, snack packs, they're easy to grab and go, but they can be filled with processed. It's convenient, yes, and it's usually cheaper. But if we're relying on those processed foods to give us the fuel that we need, and usually I see it a lot with um, protein as well, so relying on Protein powders, not saying that protein powders are bad. There are good ones out there that we can include, but you shouldn't be getting most of your protein from supplements, um, get, getting them from whole foods. We we need those. There's a lot more, you know, amino acid profiles that, that we need um, in order to see, you know, muscle growth and fat loss. And it, it just helps us feel more full in the long run. Um, but protein powders and, uh, like I said, snack bars, they're – usually filled with a lot of added sugar and it is like you said it is tough because the marketing strategies for foods they want they are marketing them and promoting them as healthy or you know green or all natural and 
if you look at the the ingredients and you're not able to pronounce them or there's a ton of ingredients on there that you know fills up the entire ingredients box then may not necessarily be the best choice like i said they're easy they're convenient um but we have to make an investment somewhere so we may need to invest a little more time to make our our own snacks out of whole food products or we may need to spend a little extra money on the the snack bars that have less ingredients my favorite snack bars um, are uh, rx bars I love Epic Bars as well. And then um, Cliff Bar, they have a, a new one that's called Whole Lotta Bars. Not the regular Cliff Bars, um, but the Whole Lotta Bars, they have like five ingredients, I think. And it's just like fruit, nuts, um, and a, a couple other, th- I think pea protein as well. So the less ingredients, the better. And then another one I see is juices versus eating whole fruits. So juices are also promoted as healthy because they have fruit in them. But they also have a lot of added sugar and you're way better off eating whole fruit and drinking some water versus drinking juices. Um, your blood sugar is going to respond differently to the sugars that are in juices and then the sugars that are in whole fruits. And whole fruits are also going to give us fiber and different micronutrients that we that would be processed out with um juices as well. So those are like the, the main ones that I see. So it, like at this point in my life, I almost kind of feel like I just eat whole 30, um, mm-hmm. modified whole 30. Cause like I said, I still like dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that nobody really even talks about it anymore. I feel like like whole 30 isn't really as nearly as popular as it used to be. Where do you stand on that? So I like, those, you know, the fad diets, the the paleo, the whole 30, they are tools, like I mentioned earlier, and they're great if you're able to stick to them. And I think they're, you know, they're good maybe for like a, a reset to teach yourself that you may not be as as hungry as you think you are or you don't need as much sugar as as you think you do so and sometimes just a a challenge is mentally good um if you're able to handle it and stick to it but they're not sustainable usually long term like you said you know you you tweak it a little bit to to make it fit your lifestyle and your um needs you know you you want a dessert have it and then you know move on it's not gonna ruin anything or ruin your your progress um, so I think those are they're good tools to use, but I always uh, address the why. You know, if someone comes to me and they want to try keto, why? Why do you want to try keto? Is it um, because you want to lose weight? Well, then let's assess where you're at right now and evaluate what what you're doing. You know, carbohydrates are not bad. It's not a quick fix is not going to fix anything. Um, but if you Come to me. I want to try keto because when I eat carbohydrates, I feel super tired and I, I just I don't like to eat carbohydrates. Well, then maybe let's assess what type of carbohydrates you're eating when you're eating them. Um, we can cut back if we if based on your activity level, if we need to. But if you're trying something because it worked for somebody else and you saw, you know, they lost weight very quickly, then it's not necessarily the, the best reason to try something. Um, we need to to figure out what works best for you. So those are all tools that could possibly be used, which I know is a very broad answer, um, but that it's not a one-all be-all. Um, and usually those bad diets, we, we're not able to stick to them forever because we have holidays, we have birthdays, and being able to adapt and change to those and not feel restricted um, is super important in just having a, a higher quality life. So what do you feel like some of the struggles are that you see people encounter most when it comes to eating for fat loss? Yeah, so starting with too many changes and trying to do, like I mentioned, trying to do 10 things the first week and trying to check off all the boxes and adapting very quickly, it's hard to do. And usually you're setting yourself up for, for failure and you want to set yourself up for success. So start with very small 
things that you're 90% sure that you can hit every single day. And then once you check those off, then add in something else while practicing those. So habit layering is has been shown to be one of the, the most effective ways to to change, whether it's your nutrition, whether it's your fitness, whether it's in your personal life or professional life. Using those small incremental changes is going to going to be the, the best way to go about it. And then focus on all areas of your life. So nutrition is just one small piece. Use multiple methods to track your progress. Like I said, the skill doesn't tell the whole story. So energy levels, take self-assessments and use actually take like notes or make notes somewhere to where you're able to go back and, and look. Because if you're not tracking your progress in some fashion, then it's hard to, to tell if it's actually working. And then slashing too many calories at once. So we, like I said, we want to see instant gratification. We want to see results very quickly. But cutting calories um, too much is going to lead to, you know, it may work for a couple days, but eventually you're going to become fatigued. You're going to become hangry all the time. You're going to, uh, it's not going to be sustainable. And we want to find, if your goal is fat loss, we want to find a calorie range or a food intake that you're still supporting your, your, um, basal metabolic rate. So how many calories you're burning in the entire day just by living and then your activity level as well. Cause if you're cutting calories severely, your performance in the gym is going to suffer. And as well as your, you know, your, your energy levels just throughout the day, your, your brain, you may have a brain fog if you don't have the fuel to use. So don't cut calories severely. It's better to take, you know, cut calories. If you are counting calories, figure out your total daily energy expenditure, how much you're burning throughout the day between all activities and cut it back by maybe uh, 15%, 10 to 15%. Stick to that for one to four weeks. And then if you're not seeing um, changes, you know, in, in all of those areas, not just a scale, then cut back a little bit more. Um, maybe another five or 10%. Stay there for another three to four weeks and, and see how you feel. So take it very slowly instead of slashing calories. Usually we see a yo-yo when we, when we cut too much. And then lack of consistency. So the basic habits are, they're not fun. They're not cool, but it's what works in the long run. And if you're not sticking to the plan that you set for yourself, then it's hard to, to see if it's actually working. So it never aim for perfection, but if you're 85 to 90% consistent, then we should be seeing progress and then super restrictive. So we talked about, you know, cutting out certain food groups, um, usually not the best way to go about long-term fat loss. Um, you don't need to, to cut out, um, certain food groups severely, but if you like dessert, have a small portion and move on or pick a, a certain number of treats per week. I don't really like the term cheat meal. I would rather you're, you, you're able to find healthy alternatives to those foods that you love, or maybe, you know, if you love burger and fries, then maybe let's do uh, a, a little bit more lean burger with um, air fried French fries or air fried sweet potatoes. And we do like a lettuce bun, um, something like that. So you're able to, to enjoy it, but you're not cutting out the foods that you love. So those are the main struggles that I see taking on too much, not focusing on all areas, cutting calories way too much. And then, uh, you know, restricting or, or lack of consistency. I always kind of tell people, you know, who say, like, I keep falling off the wagon. Like, okay, well, maybe you're on the wrong wagon. We need yeah. to look at what wagon you're trying to be on. Because if you are trying to be on this super restrictive um, eating protocol and you you can't stick with it, then what can we do to get you following a eating protocol that you can stick to long term? Mhm mhm yeah cuz there's it, it's always interesting when i you know i i fall, fell off track or yeah i fell off the wagon and it's 
if you're continuing to do that, then yeah, we need to change up what you're doing because if you're, if you find yourself, you know, falling short or not able to stick to those, then change it up. You know, if, if it's not working, then try something different because those are your two options. It's either continue doing what you're doing and being on a, a yo-yo or, or add in some different habits and see if you enjoy them, if you feel better and if you're able to stick to them. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of shift gears for a minute. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about um, reverse dieting because, you know, I'm sure you've worked with plenty of people who, you know, they're basically scared to eat um, and they've been on such a low calorie intake for so long. Um, they they show up to you, they still can't lose fat. Um, what are some suggestions that you may have to help that person? Yeah, so I initially found out about or learned about reverse dieting um, from Lane Norton, and I became very interested in it because it's something that pertained to me. And there's, you know, especially with women, we are – focused on on the calorie count. So like 1,200 calories, I feel like, is the magic number right now. Um, and we think that severely restricting calories and eating very, very low will get us to the bodies that we want and the, the tone that we're looking for. But cutting calories is going to do, you know, if you're on a severely restrictive calorie deficit for an extended period of time, um, it's going to affect your your metabolism and your your fat loss. Um, I actually have a when I was weightlifting, I competed in a lower weight class for my height, and I um, stuck to a lower calorie count for an extended period of time, and um, just so I could maintain. And I started reverse dieting after when I decided I was going to move up a weight class. And it's incredible what your body can do when you give it more food. And it's it can be a little bit scary because it sounds counterintuitive eating more food and I'm going to gain weight. But when you're on those low calories for an extended period of time, your your body isn't solely focused on on fat loss and it may not be running as efficiently as it can. And you won't be able to to get the most out of your workouts um, and your training. So I um, I built up my calories. I started at like 1,400, maybe like 1,500 calories, and I would increase it by 100 calories, and I would add in um, like 10 to 15 carbs and then 3 to 5 grams of fat each week um, based on how my body weight was looking and how, how I felt during training. And I was able to go over the, uh, the over the course. The one thing about reverse dieting is it does take diligence and time, a lot of time. And you have to be very strategic with how you're um, adding calories each week. Um, and if you're not able to, to track and stick to those calories, then it may not be the best decision for you. But um, I was able to build from like 14 to 1500 calories all the way up to like 2100 calories. And I only gained like three pounds, um, which I was totally fine with because I was seeing huge strength gains in the gym. And I, I was very focused on my performance and I, more food is great. I mean, if you're able to eat more food and stay roughly the same, then that's huge progress in itself. And I've seen it so many times with uh, the clients I work with, we are eating very low calories. We're working out a lot. We're tired and we just don't know what to do. So adding in more food sometimes is the answer, you know, add in some carbs, add in some fat, extra fat for your meals. And it's, it can be, like I said, it can be scary, but you have two options. Number one, keep eating the low calories that you're eating and, and feel fatigued and, and be tired or, Try something a little bit different. Add in a little more food and see how your body responds. Because every client that I've worked with that we've reversed diet, we've been able over a period of time, a few months, increase metabolism. Their energy levels are higher. They're sleeping better. And they overall, they just feel better all around. So I would take those small little increments, add them in, add in 100, 250 calories every week or every other week and just take it slow. 
and note note your progress and wins along the way. Man, I'm just sitting here thinking about you only eating, you know, less than 1,400 calories a day. And I'm like, oh, my, how long did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, when I started, so the the weight, the old weight classes were um, 59. I competed 59, which kilos, which comes out to like 129. Right now I walk around at like 140, between 140 and 143. So I started at like one at that time I was like 136. So I had a, a slight deficit at first. So I cut down to just like 1800 calories, which was super sustainable for uh, about two months. And then I went up to maintenance. So like 1900 to 2000 for two weeks. And then I cut down again just to give myself a little bit of a, a break. You know, taking eight weeks in a caloric deficit is the most that I would have anyone go um, without taking a, a diet break because sometimes mentally you just need it. But I would cut down calories again and did like 1600. And then the last month I was down to 1400 and it's, it was very tough. I was extremely hungry um, all the time. And, you know, but I, I, as an athlete, I committed to what I was doing, the weight class I was in, I was all in. And then after that, you know, I, I talked to I talked to my coach, Patrick, and he's like, we should definitely move up a weight class because overall I was just having a lot of fatigue. I was um, dealing with some just pesky injuries that could have been related to uh, just being tired and not not moving properly. So we spent a solid six months adding in calories and it, it paid off big time. And it's just so cool to see how your body adjusts to more food. And when I did add in more food, I actually became hungrier and my my body adapted to it. And like I said, I did gain some weight, but, you know, body weight isn't everything. And I am largely focused on my performance and gaining strength. If you're able to to gain muscle, you will see just overall, your body is you know, muscle is a, a an expensive tissue to have. It works very hard for you once you have it. Um, so don't be afraid to to add in more food and to add in resistance training and strength training because um, it has that has numerous benefits as well. And you're a lot of women I see that that come to me that want to change up their their habits. They want um, initially they want to see weight loss, but usually what they want to see is like a a toned look, a toned look. We hear that a lot. So when you when you want to be toned, we really mean I want to have some muscle and have less body fat. Um, but in order to have more muscle, we need to gain weight. So don't be afraid to to get in the gym. You know, get some some lifts in, uh, start a, a strength cycle a couple days a week, and and eat some more food. Give give the body some some carbohydrates to use to build some muscle and over time, your body composition is will change. That's that's just phenomenal. And I, I do you feel like I definitely don't get the sense of like you were only eating you know fourteen hundred calories because you uh, out of self hate. It, that wasn't the case at all. It was it was simply because like it was a very pragmatic approach. Approach. I I need to weigh this to compete. Um, do you feel like that left you at all with any kind of sense of like a poor relationship with food? I for sure. Yes. Um, and I was very strict for about a year. That's how long I competed in the lighter weight class. So food was in that sense, food was fuel. I, I had to be, uh, meal timing was very important because I had two and a half hour training sessions and I needed to be fueled for those. So, I didn't, you know, I was able to add in uh, and, and practice balance and get in the, the foods that I enjoyed, but it was very small portions. So I did feel restricted for for um, a extended amount of time. But my why was because I was committed as an athlete to um, compete in, in a national level competition. And I achieved that. And that was my end goal. Um, and I definitely wasn't, you know, eating low calories because I needed or I, I wanted to, to drop body fat 
quickly. Um, I was doing it in a, in a strategic way. Um, but again, it's not something maintaining a body weight at, at my height and for what I do now is not sustainable. So, um, going back to your why, you know, I, I ate that low amount of calories for eight weeks ish, um, because I needed to cut to a certain weight class. And then once that was over, I achieved what I wanted to, then me and my coach, you know, we reassessed what I was doing and we came up with another plan based on the the new goals that we set. So and I definitely uh, eating more food. It, it was a struggle. I because I was so used to being very lean. You know, I was probably like 12 percent body fat, maybe 13 percent body fat. And I enjoyed it. You know, I, I was like, man, I feel good. I, I like how I look. But. Actually. uh assessing how I was feeling, um, not just like I feel great because I'm a certain body weight. Um, once I was slowly adding in that food and noticing, man, my my snatches are going up, my back squats are increasing, I'm seeing strength gains and, um, you know, my, my legs are getting bigger. Like, I, I just think that's so cool that we're able, our bodies are capable of so much. And if if you're giving it what what it needs i can do incredible things that's really cool um well so just to wrap up um i want to ask one last question um what do you do to help people stay focused on mastering the basics of clean eating rather than getting distracted by the fad diets or quick quick fixes Mm, yeah so focusing on mastering the routine versus the the quick you know fad diets so making time to meal plan and meal prep planning to plan is so important and it will take extra time and effort at first because it is a change you're doing something different but learning to to enjoy and really hone in on the routine versus only focusing on the result because the routine is really what's going to get you there so some ideas for that you know have the same Try to keep the same meal times each day, um, not because it's going to necessarily help with with weight loss, but you're going to be able to to stick to eating three meals a day um, and you know two or three snacks, whatever you choose. But normally, I find that people they forget to eat. So consistently practicing, okay, I have breakfast at this time, I have lunch around this time, and I have dinner around this time helps tremendously. And then that that plate method. Or having a balanced meal or balanced snacks is seriously so important. Um, prioritizing veggies and protein, water intake we talked about, and tracking in some method, whether it's uh, a food journal or creating post-it notes and having your meal plan on there daily, pictures of your food, my fitness pal. Um, and then I always like to do creating a, a way to visually see progress. So whether it's tracking your daily habits, maybe you keep a note on your phone or I know there's a lot of apps out there that you can you can pick your own habits and add them in and go in and physically check them off. There's something about like tangibly like pressing a button to say, yes, I did this or or uh, marking your calendar, you know, whether it's like a pen and paper or a marker or something like that seeing what you're doing and instead of just keeping it in your mind it causes motivation because you're able to to see how you're staying consistent with the plan um and then i i an urge jar too i use that as well um if you have cravings or uh foods that that you or snacks you know say you like eating potato chips every single day um but it's maybe not necessarily something that fits into your the plan that you set for yourself, keep an urge jar. So get an empty mason jar or something like that. And then something to put in the jar. So it could be you know, like uh, marbles or use hair clips. You could use anything. Uh, and then if you say no, you know, no, I'm going to wait or no, this, this doesn't fit into my, my daily routine, then put something in the food, the urge jar. And over time, you're going to be able to, to see how many times you, you stuff to your plan. And that in itself is, is a reward and maybe once it fills up, you do a non-food reward. So treat yourself to uh, a spa day or get a, a deep tissue massage. Do something for yourself that's non-food related. And then take 
weekly, monthly, and quarterly self-assessments. Write down a few questions and go back and answer those questions and keep your answers somewhere. So you're able to, to go in and look at how you're changing over time. And habits like we've been talking about, they take one basic habit could take months to master. And it's okay to, to take an extended amount of time to build those in because over, if you focus on one habit every single month for the next year, a year from now, you're going to have 12 new habits that you're implementing. So short term, it may seem like a very long time and very slow process, but a year from now, you, you could have a, a totally different lifestyle and be um, reaching the goals that you want to see. So expect it to take a little bit longer than you want and set realistic goals for yourself and continue to evaluate where you're at. That's such a great idea. I never heard of an urge jar before, but I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool to to be, you know, it's just a, a different way to to track things. Um and it, you know, may sound silly, but it it works. It works and if you're I've tried it with multiple uh clients that I have and physically seeing that you're choosing uh an option that's going to better yourself is I mean it feels good feels good and it, you're overall you know happier because you're able to, to stick to something and and it's a it's a fun fun little way to have get creative with it <laughs> I love that all right guys um well thank you everybody for listening Ariel do you have any final thoughts or things that you just want to get out there I think uh I mean I think we, we covered a lot um I would just say you know find a big thing too is finding a finding an accountability in your environment. Your environment that you're in is a large factor of the results you're going to see and how consistent you are. So once you set goals for yourself, tell as many people as possible and find a coach. You know, coaches have coaches, and they are having someone keep you accountable and remind you of your goals. Because we do, we may get you know in our heads and and not see things from a 30,000 foot view since we're in it, but having someone break down everything and point out your wins and point out where you may be falling short um, is extremely beneficial in, in the long run. And uh, just, yeah, continue to tell as many people as possible, put it out there and uh, be kind to the mind. You know, don't, don't set, don't go too fast. Um, set some realistic goals for yourself and, and attack them. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And, Ariel, what is your Instagram just once more um, so people can follow you? Yep. It's uh, at Ariel underscore underscore Nicolette. So it's A-R-I-E-L-L-E underscore underscore N-I-C-O-L-E-T-T-E. Excellent. And I'm going to put that in the show notes, guys, so make sure you follow her. Uh, She's got great info on there. So thank you so much for being on. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed our podcast today. Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate it.